0: you're listening to MLb.com extras brought to you by MLB TV it's baseball everywhere hello everybody I'm Anthony Kastroman joined by Scott Merkin talking white sox uh, it's February now which means it won't be long before Merck and company are in Glendale Arizona uh, to cover all things white sox and spring training but Merck first I guess you had some business there at home uh, you know regular listeners of this podcast know you recently bought your first new TV and in 20-some years, and now I understand you're you're actually getting cable on top of that. Would you have the rabbit ears on that thing? What were you doing?
1: I had cable, Anthony. I did have cable. If oh, okay. you live in the building that uh, I live in, if you don't have cable, you basically have two channels that you can watch. The building just switched cable operators, so I'm waiting for the new company to come in and put the new cable in. But I can add, just for people who are keeping track at home, and by the way, Merkin Company sounds like a good morning TV show, doesn't it? It um, does. <laughs> but I did add new glasses for the first time in 15 years, so I'm waiting for that oh, wow. hour to come in. So, yeah, we're, we're slowly but surely eking our way into the 21st century here.
0: I'm, we're not going to recognize you when we get to Arizona. You're going to be a new man, Mark. If, if I, I go like a new it. wardrobe, it really, I'm really going to be incognito then. Well, before the White Sox and, and Merkin head to Arizona, and, and while Merk was waiting for his cable guy, White Sox fans were waiting for some new developments uh, on a hot stove market. And, and Merk, I just want to ask you, because, we talk so much. The White Sox seem to me to be an obvious team to sign a guy with a qualifying offer attached to them. Now, as we record this, we're down to three of those guys, um, and Fowler and Dexter uh, Fowler, and Ian Desmond being the two that would have any make any sense for the White Sox at all. Um, but I, I think we kind of just say that haphazardly. Like they have the they have the tenth pick protected. They have another pick that they're getting for Jeff Samarja. Uh twenty eight overall I believe right and then uh and another
1: in the top fifty correct they're ten twenty eight and forty nine right now I just read about this yesterday talking to uh Nick Hoedler who's their new guy in charge of the draft real sharp guy i mean he's he's he was under doug wildman for many many years and uh doug is still you know involved with it but and Nick worked a lot with the draft last year but I think it's still in play you know one thing we they had success this past weekend and there's a lot of talk about having one more move left and stuff like that, and you wondered if it was kind of, a, you know, Sox fest platitude getting people fired up and that kind of thing. But it really does sound like they're working hard towards adding another player. I don't know if it's going to be a Fowler, <laughs> a Fowler or Desmond, who both, yeah, you know, could definitely help the team. But I think they're they're working. I don't think they've ruled out adding someone who would cost them draft pick compensation. That's a margin twenty eighth pick. But I think you know trade would probably be more likely. One thing Nick said in the article is that the good thing about having twenty eight is you kind of get a double bonus in this you know dual revamping and com, you know competing type of process they're going through. Whereas if you have a couple guys you like at number ten, but you think well we're not sold on this one guy at number ten, he still might be around at twenty eight. He's not going to be around at forty nine, almost you know assuredly. So yeah. that's one of the things they're considering. They're weighing how this guy they draft. Probably twenty-eight fits into the to the program, versus how someone you would sign can help them right away. That that's kind of the balance they're looking at right now. Yeah, lots of balance there because
0: it's not just a pick; it's also just the cap room that, that comes with having three picks in the top fifty, uh, the amount of money you have to play with uh, in that sure, pool, sure. Uh, which goes a long way. And but then at the same time, I mean, these guys are still free agents into February, so those price tags uh, are not where they were a couple months back. So there's uh, the White Sox are in a good position to be one of those teams to uh, potentially get good value there. So um, either way, uh, they're in a good spot. It's kind of the benefit of coming off of a bad year and yet still being very much in a win-now mode. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. But in the meantime, Merck, uh, with not much else going on news-wise, wanted to play a little game with you. Most likely to blank. You give okay. me. I'll give you the category. You give me the player, most likely
1: to perform that particular feat. Are you ready, Mr. Merck? I would be most likely to do a podcast while the table is being installed. That would be mine. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually did peg you for that exact uh, category. So
0: that one's taken care of. What's not taken care of, who is the most likely to throw a no-hitter or a
1: perfect game in
0: 2016?
1: Well, I think that's pretty obvious. I think you could probably put him at the top of the list for almost anyone in baseball, and that's Chris Sale. I think uh, – Chris Sale pretty much every time he steps to the mound has no-hit stuff. You know, I would say, what, he makes 30 starts? Probably legitimately 25 times he has no-hit stuff. So yeah. I would think he goes, and there's also great kid, great leader for that team. So, yeah, I would say Chris Sale.
0: Yeah, I've actually seen uh, – I can't remember who did this now. At the top of my head, there was some kind of a – a ranking system, statistical system, to figure out which players are are, are most on the cusp for, for that kind of mark, and I, I believe Chris Sale was was one of two or three guys at the top of that list, as you would expect. Uh, all right, how about who's most likely to hit for the cycle?
1: Excuse me, that's kind of you know I would say Adam Eaton because he's got the uh, he's got the most speed on the team, I think, in the starting lineup. But I think he also has showed a little bit of power last year too. So I'm going, go, I'm going to go with Adam Eaton on that one. All right. And, of course, uh, what, what do you think was the key as, as his season evolved? I mean, his, his second half was so much stronger than the first. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would think, I think that he just kind of got his legs under him, not so much physically, but just kind of mentally after getting the new contract and I think pressing a little bit sure. early on. And I think you, you could even notice this weekend the little I interacted with him at Sox Fest and just watching him kind of carry himself. I think he's. Already, you can tell, like, just a um, not calmer, but just Morty's. You know, he's into the contest now. He's there. He had a great finish. I mean, he finished what one, one or two runs scored short of a hundred. Tremendous finish. And I think this could be, you know, the start of an All Star season for Adam Eaton. I, I think he really has kind of got what what's there, and I think it was just more of getting out of his own way, kind of early on, which he kind of understood.
0: Oh, it's good to see, because he represents that team so well in in every respect. And it was a struggle for him early on last year, of course. And they're hoping for big things from him and the rest of this lineup in 2016. Uh, all right,
1: Merck, how about 20 homers, 20 stolen bases? Who's got that in them? Well, I would say there's a couple. I think even, you know, Eaton is, a, is an outside shot for that. I think, you know, he, he reached double digits last year, very outside. I, w- I would think Todd Frazier is a candidate, because Todd Frazier does have some athletic ability besides the power. So I think, you know, if, if they put the green light on him for a run a little bit. Now, obviously, uh, a hot-button issue was a guy wrote about uh, last Thursday. Avi Garcia wrote about being in good condition, and suddenly that became the best <laughs> shape of his life, which was never really said in the article, but it did say that, you know, he came in in good condition. And who knows, you know, with the Sox still looking to add more, if he's going to be the everyday guy or a platoon guy, but, you know, or, or you know, where he fits, period. But I think he has that capability. And then a guy in the minor leagues eventually may have that capability. That's Tim Anderson. I don't know what his you know, power quotient is going to be right now. He's hit more for extra base power than home run power. But he certainly has the speed, so it just depends on how his power develops. I would say probably Todd Frazier, though, would be active, guys. See, I think Avi Garcia should say he's in the best shape of his life. I think he should
0: take that mantle from uh, Russell Martin for many years. That was his thing every spring.
1: Yeah, uh, he you was know,
0: he was kind of the 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 poster boy for best shape of his life. He did that every year. I think uh, Avi yeah. should, should should take over that title. It's good.
1: That was the uh, that was the yeah. Gordon. That was the Gordon Beckham thing for a few years. Not necessarily best yeah. shape, but you know, ready to go. Really, his right, time right, figured right. it out. And again, it's boy. Social media can can take on a life of its own sometimes. Can it?
0: <laughs> it sure can. Well, you with your
1: your new TV and your new your new uh, glasses. How about that? Yeah, it be the, it the seem best to be new who knows what's next after that? Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Anybody who you think profiles as—this and this is a negative one, but what the heck? Things change all the time in starting rotations. Who is most likely to lose a spot in the starting rotation this year?
1: Wow, that's that's hard to say. I mean, I, I mean the first yeah. three guys are pretty well set. That Sale right. Quintana dinks I'm sorry, Sale Quintana Rodon. You know, I think Danks is there. You know, forget the money they're paying him; they know what they have in John now. You know, it's like, you know he's more of kind of a, you know, I, I, not Burley type because Burley was, has been a little more effective over the last few years and has, has been more effective overall than Danks. But I, I don't think Danks is going to be dropped. Because I think they know Danks is somewhere around a four ERA guy who's going to start thirty games and give you somewhere between one hundred and eighty and two hundred and you know two hundred innings. So I would guess it would be Eric Johnson, and that's not a shot at Eric Johnson. I just think that they're still not completely sure what they have in him. You know, he came out and had sure. the, the great finish before, let me get these years right, at the end of 2013, struggled mightily in 2014, both the majors and minor league level, came back last year, seemed to find a new confidence, and changed you know, a little more fluid in his delivery, but just looked, looked better on the mound. It looked like he was... Not fearful, but just looked like he believed himself on the mound. And now he comes in with a leg up for that fifth spot. But you have Carson Palmer, who, you know, is in our top 100 in terms of prospects. So you also have, um, I'm blanking on his name now. Oh, my goodness. Uh, The guy they got from the Cubs. Uh, Jacob, uh, I cannot believe it. It, it, It's not good getting old. But you have have Carson Palmer behind him and, you know, he he may be ready at some point during the year, for all you know. So I would say Eric Johnson.
0: All right. Um, how about and this could be construed as negative as well. Although, hey, what the heck? Fans love it. Most likely to get ejected from a game. And I'm not talking about Robin Ventura. I'm talking about a player.
1: Wow. Uh, wow. That's that's a good what one. Would that's, you that's a see good one. Getting question.
0: fired up over something.
1: I would I would again go with Eaton. Eaton's kind of a fiery player out there and. You know, not that he has any kind of reputation whatsoever for arguing with the umpires, but I could see him in a moment getting kind of fired up. And and you know, we, AJ Paredeski's not there anymore, so I would go with uh, I would go with Adam Eaton. By the way, Mark, just to double back, Jacob Turner. How did I forget Turner? Way I can't, I I I only wrote about him like four times over the weekend. But you know, I'm I'm approaching 50 there, Anthony, and the the synapses are closing off a little bit, so.
0: Well, I got—I to, totally missed that waiver claim. So I'm like, who's he talking about that they got from the Cubs? I missed that waiver claim completely. It came during the World Series,
1: and uh, Jacob
0: Turner, of course, was at one time considered a, uh, a viable prospect. So,
1: right, and he's uh, in there. He in the mix, and you know, I yeah. mean, Coop, Don Cooper talked to me yesterday, about, or you know, at the end of Sackfest, about how the Cactus League stars are set for the main guys right now, but that Turner and Palmer both will get their opportunities, whether it's B games. You, you remember the B games, right, Anthony? Or the uh, oh, absolutely split-squad games, or, you know, Coop is big on not having the regular guys face like American League Central rivals or, you know, Oakland, who they're going to start the year with. So that could be a, a glorious simulated game for one of those guys where, you know, Jacob or uh, Carson Palmer gets a shot in there then. Well, I, you just you just brought it back bad memories of sitting through B games uh, <laughs> on the backfield.
0: Uh, now there is there any bench player most likely to – wind up snagging a spot in the starting lineup. Now, of course, we have some, some moving parts. We, we don't know exactly uh, what the shortstop situation will be, for example. So maybe it's just a matter of whoever uh, isn't the opening day shortstop maybe eventually takes over that job.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to say because I don't know what the White Sox are doing, you know, how much, what moves they have left yet. Yeah. As of right now, I mean, you know, Carlos Sanchez and Tyler Saladino are kind of battling for the shortstop job with Tyler Saladino having the edge. Also, you know, Tim Anderson, you know, another uh, prospect in the top 100 for the White Sox is right there. So Anderson's not really a bench guy, but I could see him taking over at some point. But, you know, I would have to say, like, you know, Carlos Sanchez at this point just because I think Tyler Saladino has the edge to start it right now. But stay tuned to on that one because things are kind of fluid with the, with the roster overall. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, Merck, one last one for you. Uh this young man that's just come to my attention has three top ten singles right now. His name is Justin Bieber. I know you've heard of him.
1: <laughs> you just heard Ooh. of him now. Uh, you know, he's, he's had a good run, I think.
0: He has. I, just, I guess I didn't realize he had a new album out. And, and now I see he's got three top ten hits. So that uh, leads us to our final question. Which White Sox player is most likely to use a Justin Bieber song as his walk-up music? Wow.
1: That's a good one, and I I can't even imagine an answer on that one. I uh, <laughs> I would think like someone like Brian Anderson for people who remember the former center fielder as you know, something to, to lighten things up a little bit. I could see him, or, or maybe JJ Reddick out in Oakland, who's not a member of the White Sox. But off the top of my head, I can't really think of anyone who would who would use that from the White Sox. I really I I could see Sale, but Sale doesn't have a walk up music as a pitcher, obviously. <laughs> so. I, I I would have to put that one as an incomplete. I I can't. I, I guess I can say Saladino, but you know, as Saladino is a California kid. I don't know what that has anything to do with it, but he Um But I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna pass on that one. I'm gonna you know, like in the SATs and back when I took standardized tests, the ACTs, you can you're better off to sometimes leave a blank. <laughs> I guess I think.
0: Yeah, it left a lot blank back in the day.
1: Um, I so can, look how, say, how you turned out did,
0: I did see uh, Todd Frazier on MLB Network, and he said that uh, uh, my kind of town will be his walk-up music. He, of course, used Sinatra uh, as a Jersey guy. He used Sinatra uh, during his time with the Reds, and that makes my kind of town a natural fit. Uh, now he's in Chicago.
1: There you go. I think, Anthony, uh, a rule of thumb in life is when in doubt, go with Sinatra, right? Exactly. You can't go wrong. You can't go Dinner party, dates, night, anything. Anything. Working out, uh, walking down the street, (laughs) you can't can't go wrong with the chairman of the board. I don't think it's the best workout music, but uh, Uh, you know, it's Sinatra. It's Sinatra.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Scott Merkin. Uh, We'll be in Glendale, Arizona in just a few short weeks. We want to thank you for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition.